OpenAI steal Google's thunder, elections in Pakistan, and understanding animals with AI decoding. This is AI for Everyone, a weekly roundup of the most interesting stories in AI and tech for non-tech people who like to keep themselves informed and educated about the latest developments from around the world. I'm Miles Dillon and I believe that AI is going to have a positive impact on our lives, but those people who continually learn and adapt to the changes it brings will be the ones who benefit the most. Let's get into it for this week. Google this week released their upgrade to Gemini, their large language model, which is their competitor to ChatGPT, which is run by the company OpenAI. And OpenAI just keeps swooping in and stealing Google's thunder. Twitter started lighting up. Everybody was very excited about how powerful, how fast the upgrade to Gemini was from Google. And there was this bar chart starting to go around Twitter and it was starting to pop off. This bar chart showing how much data all the other language models could process. It was like a small bar chart. And then Google's new language model, the, you know, it was like 10 times more data it could process per second. So people were starting to get pretty excited and pretty impressed by this. But literally an hour after Google made this announcement, OpenAI come out with their new video generator called Sora. Now, OpenAI do large language models, chat, talking back and forward in text. They do image generation, which is called DALI, which you can type whatever you want into it and it will make a picture for you. OpenAI don't have a video generator yet, but Sora is their new video generator and I have not seen anything like it. It looks like it's gonna absolutely blow everything else out of the water. The next nearest competitor, I think, is probably Pika or Stability AI, which you may have heard of. If you want to check those two things out, I may have talked about them in the podcast before. But this looks like it is another level. It looks like cinema quality, people's faces, actors. Um, what are the other videos? Like a train, steam train coming across the top of a bridge. Just looking like there's no way you can tell that that is created by AI and it's not being filmed in a studio with amazing lighting. It really, really is unbelievable video generation. And what we need to really realise is that only a year ago, like the start of last year, we were just starting to see the first text to image generators. And now what you are able to do, and only a year later, we've got amazing text to image generation from a bunch of different companies, including OpenAI. And now from OpenAI, it looks like we've got film, cinema quality, text to video so you could type in a steam train going across a bridge on the outskirts of the Scottish Highlands like something like that and then it just generates exactly that for you obviously there are some bugs and there's some things that they're learning about it but really you just need to understand the speed that this stuff is coming out is out of control and when I saw it I just thought man this is a job killer for some image editors and video editors and film stuff you know I don't think we're going to lose all of those jobs but for storyboarding particularly and just working out ideas and thinking how the film's going to look I can see this is really going to be so helpful for people who are working in those industries so they don't have to go out and do sort of pilots for shows they can just create them using AI you know also to go along with the speed of the development of this technology is also the speed that this company is growing OpenAI have just released their ARR that's their annual recurring revenue and that has just hit two billion dollars per year just to, for comparison, Amazon in its second year, the, the OpenAI is seven times ahead of what Amazon's ARR was at that same time, 13 times ahead of where Google was in its second year, and 20 times ahead of Facebook in Facebook's second year. So you can just see that this company is growing at an unbelievable rate. And I think that people have said this is one of the fastest growing companies in history. And 
you know, going along with that is the fastest development of the technology in history. It's just going so quickly. I think we're going to see some massive things happening this year, especially in the area of text to video. This episode is brought to you by Sums. Sums is a new breed of running brand out to see how far they can take the performance, sustainability and social impact of one product. For anyone who's had a race derailed by a blister, you should listen up to this. These are high quality next level running socks. Now, I think everybody can identify with this. You've got your socks in your socks drawer, but you know you've got a couple of pairs or one or two pairs that are like your favorite most comfortable pair of socks now i have that i've always had that and then you've got your like your older socks which kind of been washed too many times they're a bit uncomfortable but if your favorite socks are not there you wear them my sums socks are now my favorite pair of socks and if they're not in the drawer i'm like ah okay i have to wait a day or two for them to get washed and dried so what's nice about sums is that they commit to pledging five pence to the outrunners youth charity for every run that you clock on the strava app so when you get the socks you link them up with the strava app and every time you go out for a run you're doing something positive for a young runner as well as yourself it's pretty sick sums.co.uk Pakistan has just got done with general elections and the ex-Prime Minister Imran Khan has been imprisoned throughout the whole of the nation's electoral campaign. He's barred from participating in what experts around the world deem as one of Pakistan's least credible general elections in its 76-year history. Despite this, being behind bars, he's been rallying supporters using AI-generated speeches, mimicking his voice and his image, his face, as part of a tech-driven approach to rallying supporters to vote for him. Now, he is still the leader of his political party called PTI, and his party actually won the majority of the seats. No, no, sorry, they didn't win the majority. They won more seats than the other political parties. But the other political parties formed a coalition and have come to an agreement to create a majority. But the 100 seats that he did win is a total shock to everybody because his party has been targeted, people say, by the military as part of a huge crackdown against him and his political party because the other parties are the ones that are close to the military leaders. Now, this is kind of a similar story that you hear throughout a bunch of countries. This could be any country that I've read about in the world that has a military coup. Imran Khan, if you don't know, he was ousted from office in 2022. He is a former cricket icon and he was imprisoned last year on trumped up charges, people say, including leaking state secrets. Him and his supporters say that the military orchestrated his removal. Now, I have no idea if Imran Khan is a good guy or a bad guy. I have no view on it. What I do have a view on is always thought it was weird that this ex-like cricket star became prime minister. I thought that was quite unusual. I used to live in India when he was prime minister of Pakistan. So I did pick up a little bit about it. But what I thought was really interesting and why I'm talking about this is that he is unable to campaign. And most of the people who work for his political party are unable to campaign because the military are kind of against them. He seems to be the underdog upriser, the one against the main system from my perspective so he couldn't campaign but they have still won 100 seats and the people are attributing it to his ability to pass letters to his legal team and say write this his legal team give it to his political party and they create these ai videos of him which go out to everyone you know it's just going out everywhere he even gave a sort of acceptance speech saying thank you for voting for us a sort of victory speech in AI that he wrote and they wrote that they made that into an AI video sort of accepting victory but you know that went out a little bit early and um, obviously they haven't won the election even though they did win more seats than anyone else 
And I think that the use of AI, particularly deep fakes and political campaigning, it's not just a passing trend, but it's an evolving phenomenon that we just need to get used to. Researchers at Tel Aviv University are using AI to decode animal language. Now, particularly in Tel Aviv, they are doing this with bats and bees. Now, I went for a deep dive into this and I know it sounds pretty woo woo, but animals are speaking, man. And even plants are speaking. I know that sounds really crazy, but using AI, they have found out that plants create a tiny little noise when they need water or a tiny little noise when they're too hot. Now that sounds bonkers, but I'm telling you that's absolutely true. And the sounds are so minute, but they're able to pick them up. And what's different here is that this huge, huge, huge batch of data is being picked up by portable sensors and AI is being used to decode it and then sort of match, you know, millions of bits of grass or bits of wheat making this tiny little sound that don't have any water. And then they compare that to millions of bits of grass that do have water and they all make the same sound. Now, they're also doing with animals. I think the animal thing is kind of crazy because it's sort of switching it from us teaching human language to animals to humans just understanding actual animal language. I think we're still quite a long way away from like a Dr. Doolittle thing where we can talk to the animals. But I did see one thing where they have decoded some whale language, used AI to work out what the different things are. And then they're crazy, but they played it underwater to a humpback whale. And these people who have been working with humpback whales and researching humpback whales for ages played this sound which was like an aggressive attacking sound underwater and it's never happened to any of them in their lives but this humpback whale attacked the boat and they're all like freaking out like ah oh, it's never happened before and I was just thinking man you're crazy you played the sound of like aggressive whale ready to attack to another whale and it actually was hearing itself and then the whale attacked the boat so they kind of were communicating they stopped doing the sound and the whale stopped attacking the boat so I think it's kind of crazy. I do think it's quite interesting. I think it's a bit woo-woo, but I do think that it could be quite interesting one day, especially with the plants, because then you could use the sounds, decode the sounds, and then you would know when the plants need watering in fields that are far away. Thank you everyone for listening. Now, podcasting is quite a lonely thing. It's just me and a microphone telling you stuff. Now, if you enjoy this podcast and you get to this part in the episode, you've obviously listened to the whole thing. So thank you so much. Please hit me up. Let me know if you liked it. Tell me something that you didn't like about it or if you've got some ideas about things you would like to hear about or the best things the worst things please anything just really encourages me and it also helps me create better content for you in the episodes to come so get me on my email i'll leave my email in the show notes see ya bye